0: coming over.
1: listening to the common thread collective here on mutiny Radio. FM. thanks for tuning in global val here with diamond dave that was oh, yo yo
2: dave so glad i made it out ouch, ouch, ouch. but here i am sitting it's another friday and i'm sure we'll have some amazing stuff but going around the planet going right to your ear and that's what we're about and i said how about
1: you val Oh, happy to be here. You know, it's the second Friday in August, so we've been doing shows on the second and fourth Fridays here at Mutiny Radio, so it's been great. Uh, i happy to come in today with some, some energy and some, uh, you know, look, looking ahead as we, you
2: know, keep rolling on. And you had uh, you had on Women's Magazine, you had Sonia Rouse, and we've asked her, I've asked you to stick around because uh, this is uh, all genders, all genders welcome. Thank so you. So welcome once again. Yeah, thanks. And, but we're opening up with uh, none other than our man Bloodflower. Who opens it up and sets the it sets the mood. Take it away, Bloodflower. Perfect.
3: <laughs>
2: That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Bloodflower. You amaze me. Now, when I walked in, Women's Magazine, you were speaking to a candidate for a supervisor. Uh, the elections are coming up at Manaskia Went, who's going to, who's, uh, going to uh, fill into uh, the now the late, but uh, the lamented uh, Jane Kim. She ran for mayor. So her slot is open. That's uh, the ten- that's the um, district six. The, with district six, but mm-hmm. people don't know that's the tenderloin and South America, Am I right?
4: Yes. Also Mission Bay and Treasure Island.
2: And Mission Bay and Treasure Island. So that's an interesting. Um, that's right. And since we have district, uh, since uh, we've had district elections, I go before district elections. By the way, I helped make district elections happen. Way back then, a little bit of history, and history, and history. But it's definitely happening. We elect eleven uh, supervisors by district, and so that's where you live. And what compelled you? Well, could compel the word? What did, what made you make that decision? I think I'm going to run. Throw my hat in the ring.
4: Compelled is the right word. I think if anybody that's in into politics, it's really a vocation. You can't not do it. Uh, I decided to do it because I feel like our our district needs somebody that's going to be really energetic. Uh, we have uh, the the problem of homelessness, though it's a citywide problem, is mostly winds up being focused in District Six. Um, there's a lot of traffic that we talked about before. Um, there's just there's displacement and high, high rents and all of these problems. Uh, we really need somebody that's going to be very, very energetic. And I feel like as a regular person, I got a lot done. So I think I can get a lot maybe done. And you're a young board.
1: person too. Nice. And, and, and just so you know, folks, if you missed it before, we're talking with Sonia Trouse. I, um, I didn't mention her name. Sonia maybe, Trouse. Maybe before
2: Bloodflower played, but since we're checking back in. Sonia Trouse. Hey, Sonia. Beautiful. Thank you. So, Sonia, you said into politics... So this is not your first run. Would you give us a little bit of your background? Who you are? I'd say you're a woman, and you're I'd say 28. Are you?
4: That sounds nice. I'm 36. Wow. Well, this we is. Look at,
2: <laughs> she, hey, people! I wish we had a picture because she looks really good. Now, have, I'm 80. So the diamond a, Dave. <laughs>
4: Uh, no, this I have never run for anything before, uh, but I have been an organizer for about four years. I've been organizing around housing issues, trying to get more housing built in San Francisco and the Bay. I have a nonprofit. We enforce state housing law. Um, a lot of, you know, every city has their, their regional fair share that the state tells them that they have to allow to be built of different kinds of housing, low income, middle, and even market rate. And a lot of cities just don't do it. And there was no enforcer until the nonprofit that I founded with a partner. And that's what I do during the day. So I have been I've, have been paying attention to politics, definitely been very heavily involved.
2: I'm, I'm looking at your T-shirt. What does your T-shirt say?
4: Oh, it says build housing.
2: Build housing. So that fits, uh, fits in... Uh that because we were talking about building housing then you, you're, you're talking about building affordable housing is that right there's not that much of it here anymore isn't that right
4: yeah affordable housing and market rate housing and
2: market rates. Well, so you, it's build housing build housing of every sort
4: every sort yeah
2: so one of your roles uh, uh, one of your roles as you're speaking out when you're elected will be to promote uh, housing.
4: Yeah. Legalize. The first thing I want to do is have an affordable housing overlay to legalize affordable housing all over the city.
2: So an overlay is on a map where you put on a map, you put an overlay where, where you have there the places where fair housing, fair housing, affordable housing could be built. Is that yes,
4: right? exactly.
2: Well, the overlay you could be doing that as part of your campaign as well.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I have to get elected to introduce the idea. So currently the way it is is in in most of the city, even if it's zoned for residential, uh, because affordable housing has to be apartments. And a lot of the city is zoned for five units or less. So a lot of like single family homes or duplexes. Um, And so that means that if you want to build affordable housing, you have to ask for a zoning change. And those are very difficult to get. So that's what the overlay would be for, that if you're building affordable housing, you don't have to ask for a zoning change. You can build it. Because we need it.
2: That's true. You learn something every day. You don't need, <laughs> uh, all you need is an overlay, which is overlay on the map, and say here, well, your district, which you're hopeful will become the district of all of uh, everybody living uh, living in the district. You'll be representing the voters, in your district, is there space uh, for, uh, for housing? Uh, I think around uh, Mission Bay, around South of Market, there just might be. Is that right?
4: Well, that's what the city's opinion has been. So this, in the last 10 years, District 6 has built 60% of the city's new housing. Wow. Yeah, and there's 10 other districts.
2: And of those 60%, what percentage would you say is affordable housing?
4: About a third.
2: A third. Yeah,
4: District 6 has, I think, the best ratio of any district. We actually have a third affordable housing.
2: Now, your district also includes the Tenderloin. Yes. Where there's a lot of housing, where there's a lot of uh, um, our, our SROs, a lot of guys uh, 80 years old, which I'm 80, and stuck in, I always think of them, but here I am in this beautiful spot, and they're stuck in some SS, SRO, maybe even afraid to go out in the hallway, you know?
4: Yeah, or actually unable. One of the really sad things too. in the Tenderloin and also in North Beach is that there are a lot of pre- people that are prematurely shut-ins. You know, people who can leave and would like to, but because they live in an old building, they might they might be in a wheelchair and the elevators are very narrow. I mean, I, I, when I canvassed, I talked to one guy who was in every way, like completely with it, but he could not negotiate the elevator. So or sometimes you can get in the elevator, but these buildings, you know, there's like maybe five steps to go from the lobby to the to the street and you just can't negotiate the steps. Then you're a shut in. And it's a real tragedy. So this is another reason why it's important. We have uh, have something like 20 percent of San Franciscans are over 65 um, somebody in this in the air there. You guys should double check that, but that's what I think MOCD said. Uh, Mayor's office of housing. Um, so we have a lot of elderly people uh, in San Francisco, and we need we have a real need for purpose-built senior housing.
1: I agree, and, and, I, I, and I think it's especially important to invest in that now, now. to help people who are doing it, who who are in that position now and who will be in the future. You know, you look across the city, um, young people and, and people like you know like our age and things. Um, you know, I, I have friends who who have you know a kid or maybe maybe two, but they're not they're not having any more. Or like people like myself that don't have any kids. Like I'm I'm like. When I'm old what's going to happen? <laughs> you yeah. know, like the whole idea that your family's supposed to take care of you. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But I think that there's a lot of people in our generation who are choosing not to. And so in the future, we're going to need a society that's
2: actually going to help take care of an aging population. Well, let's work on building that society. Thank uh, you. Uh, you yes. know that? Let's work on building that uh, society. Are you down with that?
4: Yes, that is my mission. That is my reason for being.
2: So I assume... Well, welcome aboard, sister. Hopefully you won't be bored. I'm, I'm a senior. I'm 80 years old. And I keep mentioning that because I'm 80 years old. And so <laughs> I, that's the, the only reason I can think so- of that. Soak doing it up, that. Dave. What? Soak it up. Soak it up. That's what I'm doing. So I, so I assume... That, uh, that uh, your your intention will be when, when you're elected to the Board of Supervisors that you'll join what they call the progressive side of the board. Is that right? I don't
4: what, what know what you? any of that means anymore.
2: Well, I, mean, I think I, you could tell some of that. Uh, Jane Kim was definitely one of them. You uh, um, can mention the names. And we can't know because most of their good share of them are gone. I, I don't know either. I'm thinking, well, who are the progressive board? We've had many for, for quite some time, it's been 65 progressive, not uh, moderates. Moderate is the word that's used these days in San Francisco, and I Yeah. We don't have Republicans, but we do have moderates.
4: <laughs> but I, the, I like London Breed. I supported London Breed, but people say she's a moderate, but I think she seems progressive, and I think it's progressive. Just who she is, to have a black woman head of the city is already a progressive thing. And she... You know, the safe injection sites, like, it's such a strange thing here that at safe injection sites, nobody has them anywhere in the U.S. And they're very controversial, but she was really spearheading that. And so. they
2: began to talk about, certainly, if there's a place that uh, needs one, it's at, uh, that uh, that part of that neighborhood in your district called the Tender Line.
4: Yeah, safe injection sites, we should have a lot of them all over. Maybe
2: we should, but we that's right. Yeah. But that would be the tenderloin. We should see where... The, I know there's one that's uh, now appears regularly. I think it's an underground one. But they're at 16th uh, Mission. We have, a, we have a, one where you can turn in your needles. I don't know what to say. Wait, Did,
1: they to, have needle exchange programs already. I needle exchange, but, I think, but this yeah. is taking it to the next level. To
2: the, right. You're right. No, you don't find uh, it. Uh, it's yeah. up to them to um, take that clean needle and find a, a good spot to do it. Anyway, well, look... Look, I hope that you began to realize that this is uh, this is, uh, in a way, your station <laughs> because we're we down of the people, and we support all the things you probably support. And I've been talking up back in the day. I'm talking about the early '70s when we had the first community congress. Have you heard of community congress?
4: Tell me about it.
2: Okay, this is brought together. All the various nonprofits. Its, it's purpose was to a one to promote the idea of district elections. At that time the time that the supervisors were elected, at, at, at were elected at, at uh, what's the word? Not by district, but at citywide. Citywide. So what happened was downtown interests uh, voted elected them all. It would be six five, citywide. But we put forth the idea of districts. That's where districts comes from. And we had a community congress which brought together all the, all the various nonprofits the kind of pick people you think should be there with you i'm sure you could have in fact we had uh, district uh, community congresses and then citywide it was all broadcasted live on k p o o because I brought that in and uh, and I think it's time to think about another maybe in your district to have a community congress to get to know the uh the nonprofits in your neighborhood. Get to know the activists in your neighborhood. Get to know the people who, uh, to reach out to. That?
4: That's a good idea. You know, somebody told me the other day that in, I guess in District 6, there are 3,000 non-profits. That's a lot. So, yeah, we should have a community congress. It'll be a big, big event.
2: And that will give you a chance to look what's there's all these thousands of nonprofits, but get to see what's a real nonprofit, but what's a nonprofit? Just a 501c3 or whatever.
4: That's what that was, yeah. So, it could be a lot more. I have a question for you, actually. What do you think about having a mixed board of supervisors, some at large, and some district?
2: Well, I think now that it's all district. I think it would be uh, difficult to pull off. That could be another uh, subject of a community congress to talk about the because uh, I can't uh, at the moment. The why's and wherefores as to why that would be. I, I it's, it's, it's new to me. I have to think about it. Yeah. But um, so that's something which you're thinking of making a a proposition in your campaign.
4: Uh, we're going to redistrict again in a couple years. And ser- seeing San Francisco has gone back and forth so many times that maybe something in the middle is... is well, it went back and forth
2: twice. First was districts. Then they took it away for a very short time. Then we went back to districts. Yeah. And uh, originally, the, 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 when we were District 5. I was the hate, as you can see, probably. I was in the hate, an <laughs> activist in the hate. And I became... Um, a staff person, for called the, which came out of the Congress, the coalition to to, uh, to the coalition to register. I think it was hundred thousand voters, but that seems. But anyway, and that's when I first met Harvey Milk. He had his canvas store, and he used to bring a whole bundle of. Uh, at that time, uh, to, in order to register voters, you had to be a, a deputy. Now, now everybody can do it. Wow! But you had to be a deputy and sworn in, and he became a deputy. It was, you could just do it. He became it, and he was bring every week. And I uh, and we we, we were getting, we were able to pay people through the Democratic Central Committee or something, which is by, by and large responsible for uh, for funds coming in and, uh, for the, for voter registration. And he would come in every week. And that's the first time I, I'd be Harvey Milk. And he'd be registering it at his camera store on uh, Castro. And it, was on, it was on the markets just off Castro. And that was the beginning of the Harvey Milk phenomena.
4: That's amazing. I'm so lucky to have been able to come on here. I'm so glad we met.
2: Uh, this is sister. Well, hey, Val, look her style, the way she holds herself, the way she... Her, 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 you can come up with the word yourself. But the way she'd be, she'd be a very special human being, doesn't she? Thank you,
1: Diamond. Could be. Absolutely. A Absolutely. I, I appreciate your energy. Yeah, the, I'll leave you
4: with a sticker, Diamond Dave.
1: Oh, I, mean, I am. Nice. And we, yeah, you two should definitely connect... Uh, Again, because uh, Dave is a, a a fountain of local hipstery, as he likes yeah, to call, call it, and uh, history, history, and hipstery. And a, a couple of years ago. Um, Diamond Dave was honored by the Board of Supervisors. So there's a, a Groundhog Day is actually Diamond Dave Day in San Francisco, and uh, we had a an event at the Coret Auditorium afterwards. And one real big mover and shaker in San Francisco politics, um, Calvin Welch, got up and, and spoke. And he called he, I think he called Dave a political um, like bumble like bumblebee because he went he's gone he's like pollinates uh, all around the city and has for. Fifty years, so uh.
2: fifty years or more. My goodness! <laughs> Since That summer, they call it summer of love, nineteen sixty-seven. In fact, before that, in some ways, hell. So anyway, so look at you. I'm glad. I'm glad. And uh, when I came in and heard of it for the first time, I, uh, I, I thought to myself. Now I know what it means, but the devils and the, the details. But in your case, I'll say the angels and details, because I've seen a lot of candidates come through, but you definitely are working on it because of the, the, the who you are and the nonprofit you do and the overlay and all that. Is that right? That's
4: right. Thank uh,
2: you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> here we just tell the truth. Why not? All right. Thank you, sister.
4: All right, so Sonia Traus. We
1: do, so I'm watching that phone. So Sonia Traus, if you want more information about her and her campaign, you can go to sonia2018.org. That's Sonia with a J. Um, It's really fun to be here. Thanks for coming in. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, I'm going to play some music for us all to enjoy from none other than our friends, Bicicletas por la paz, Bicycles for Peace.
5: A dónde voy, 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 a dónde voy? voy. De paso a paso, y sin afán, de poco a poco, por cualquier lado, yo me camino encima de las piedras saladito, del laguito, la rivière, y el lac me tienen emborrachado, a dónde voy, a dónde voy, a dónde voy, a dónde voy. de tu cariño caminando en el aire surfiando en un cometa
1: Bicicletas por La Paz, a very cool crew who's been around for quite a few years now. And uh, they've been here on Mutiny Radio, of course. But what I really love about Bicicletas por La Paz, other than their really uplifting music, uh, well, is many things, actually. They're kind of an international crew. They're definitely multilingual, as you can hear. I mean, there's folks from all over the world. Um, they sing in French, they sing in Spanish, they sing in English. And also, when you go to one of their shows, um, they often have these uh, uh, their shows those are often powered by electricity from stationary bicycles that you, as an audience member, can ride and contribute to the amplification of the show. So that's why they're Bicicletas por la Paz because they've got bikes. Um, they're all about peace and and fun. So I'm going to play another track from them uh, before we get back on track here at Mutiny Radio and uh, see see where we go next. And we'll be right back.
6: Quiero montar mi bicicleta.
5: Uno, dos. 1, 2, 3, vá, Ie,
7: Quiero matar mi bicicleta, quiero mandar bicicleta, P- quiero mandar, oh, quiero, mandar andar May- and cara- quiero andar en bicicleta, y- queda- quiero and andar and en gem- oui pu- und- bicicleta, and- alike- quiero andar en bicicleta, quiero andar, quiero andar, olmaz, quiero andar.
1: Things are happening here on the Common Thread Collective. It's a beautiful Friday here. It is August 10th, 2018. And we're having a good time on on this this fine Friday afternoon. Uh, yeah, music from B.C. Cletus Por La Paz. And then there was a little bit of music there from our friend Joy Rosenberg um, from her album My Own Religion. And she's down in the Venice Beach area. And thanks to Joy for sending that in. And just so you know... Um, I mean, Joy literally sent me this CD and we're playing it on the air. So if you uh, have some music out there that you want to spread via internet radio mutiny, mutiny fm. we're streaming around the planet on the internet we get thousands and thousands of downloads of our shows every month and um we're happy to promote independent artists um writers musicians poets activists and um and 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 the like so just know that you're always welcome to be a part of the common thread collective or even women's magazine so um we do have a guest on the phone, and Dave's got his It's over there. Oh, there it is. yeah um, Wayne, there? we're We're gonna bring on to the air here uh, Stephen Wing, who is a poet, and Dave referred to him as the Poet laureate of the Rainbow Gathering. Um, and he's got this beautiful book that Dave has in his hands. and uh, and Stephen Wing is on the phone. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective.
2: Hey, Stephen. Hey, thank you. No thanks necessary. This is what we do. I will take the thanks, though. I was so delighted to get in the mail yesterday your book. It's called Proof of the Miraculous, Campfire Poetries from the Rainbow Gathering. And as you and I know and a lot of listeners know, I'm an old-time rainbow guy, too. In fact, I remember you first calling you the Poet Laureate of the Rainbow Gathering. When we did jointly, we did a, a, an open mic, not a, but an open mic putting the spoken word. And now I believe that was uh, way back then, at the uh, at the West Virginia gathering. Way back then, is that right? That was the first open mic spoken word that, that was that I believe done at the gathering. Do I have that right?
8: Well, that would be 2005. I'm sure there have been other occasions. Uh, other poetry gatherings. I remember back in the 80s, I used to do something called the Poetry Pavilion in a big old tent that I inherited from my parents after they gave up camping. Wow. It was, it, was well, that's a person, but it was perfect for a gathering.
2: But the two of us, I believe we first met and did it together at the West Virginia gathering. Was it back? you have the date right, I think? At the date right. And that's when I did, uh, made the decision. This should be done every year. And pretty much I have done it every year. I know you're down there in Georgia as we speak. Is that right?
8: That's right. We did it here at the Georgia Gathering this past month. Oh, that's so beautiful. uh, July the 3rd at We Home Kitchen. We did Spoken Word Open Mic. And we had a rotating cast of poets that kept showing up and disappearing. Until way past my bedtime, I went home when they were still at it. so. So the tradition is alive and well.
2: Perfect. And I was, of course, I was, I couldn't get that far. I was kind of the breakaway. No, that's not the word. I was with Barry Plunker and a bunch of folks, some older folks who couldn't make it all the way to Georgia and Montana. We had our own 4th of July. So I'm still here, still part of it, still down. Yeah. So it's so good you were... we were
8: all connected on that day.
2: We're all connected, for sure. That's why I say find that where where that's the common thread. And your, your book is called The Proof of the Miraculous. Tell us a bit about that. It's a great title.
8: Well, I've had these poems. I've been writing at least one poem about every annual gathering that I've been to every July 4th. I would come home with notes and scribbles, and I would put together at least one poem... And they've been accumulating on my website under this title, Proof of the Miraculous. And, um, but I never could publish them in a book, even though it was a dream of mine to do that because they're, they're rainbow gathering poems. They, they can't be sold and I couldn't afford to just come up with the money and print them and give them away until I suddenly, uh, when the rainbow gathering started on its way to Georgia this past year, I realized that I could do crowdfunding. And I never had put two and two together, but once I started that uh, last fall, um, lo and behold, I was able to get enough money together to print 500 books. So I took 400 of them to the gathering and gave them all away at a blast, giving away poetry at the Rainbow Gathering.
2: Well, see. And you being be in the, uh, I don't see it at the national gatherings, either way out in the West, but you'd be part and parcel of the Katua. Uh, the Katua. Is it a family? What, whatever. On the Katua, which is the, uh, I, I, I believe, is the original name for that uh, that neck of the woods. Uh, uh, yeah. South, the, uh, southeast the uh, of
8: the Southern Appalachians.
2: In the Southern Appalachians. And every year there's a gathering there that you're part of. Am I right?
8: Summer solstice, yes. And for many years I, I did the summer solstice gathering and then I headed back, headed out west or wherever the, the big gathering was. Uh, my present work. That circumstances don't allow that, but I'm hoping to retire someday and start going to both gatherings again every summer It'
2: oh, it's so good to see you. I do miss you well let's uh, kick it off
8: uh, well, uh, well, uh, well, I'd love to have you read a poem I too I would love to do that um My book is complete except for the georgia gathering i so as soon as I got home from the Georgia gathering, I started putting together my notes and scribbles into poetry and um I want to read one called The Circularity is Coming. Such a deal! Down at the trade circle, a hug for a hug. I wish I could reach all the way around this meadow and gather everybody here into one gigantic hug. I wish I could hold every single hand at once. Luckily, all of my sisters and brothers have arms and hands too, extending my reach all the way around the sun and back. A hug is the smallest circle, a living fractal of that moment when we all touch and hold for one electric moment, the current of love that connects us all, everywhere, always. A family is a circular being, like a planet. Most of the time you can't see the whole thing at once. That's why humans launched themselves into space, to look back over our shoulders and see where we came from. That's why we instinctively converge in the biggest meadow we can find to hold hands in a circle, because we came from a circle, and to a circle we return. But instinct is evidently not enough. The concept of a circle is beautiful in theory, powerful in esoteric doctrine, perfect in mathematical precision. But this hungry dinner circle crowd hasn't quite grasped it yet. Look around. It's not a circle till you can see every face. It's not complete until we all link hands. No trailing ends. No lonely, disconnected arcs. No spirals. Yes, hippies can form a geometric configuration in the meadow. A single self-bounded energy circuit, grounded in the Georgia clay beneath this meadow grass. And yes, even that leftist conspiracy, Thumbs Left. Yes, it can be done but the servers get the best view after the circle breaks up and the food starts on its way around. Love circulates through this crowd like blood through a body, like water through its cycle. Gas, liquid, solid. Eyes, voice, heart. Open your arms, accept this gift, pass it on. Finally, on the fourth, it happens. In the silence, no one bellowing out guidance or instructions. We line the undulating edge of the meadow, shady side to sunny, our ragged circumference slowly stretching out and stepping back as more hands join until we reach the uneven perimeter of trees, two circles finally touching, holding an identical silence, suddenly one. A family is a circular being like a rainbow. It's that rare moment when we can see the whole thing all at once, The way the rainbow only shows itself complete to eyes aloft on wings. Once you've seen it, who could ever forget? Seven colors, innumerable shades and tints and hues between. One circle circumscribing the visible spectrum, the chromatic splendor of ordinary daylight, the diversity of unity, the family that lives in light. Wow. Yeah, For those a, that don't know, on the 4th of July, we make a circle and hold a silence
2: yeah, until right there the children's parade
8: comes and we own together. That's so, so beautiful. So that was my experience of the 4th this year.
2: And, and it's a circle that might have 10,000 people in it. In the past, has had 10,000 people. A circle, uh, you brought me right there in uh, numerous gatherings because I've been in that circle on numerous occasions, as people might know. And looking across that circle, with people gathering in silence, that circle on the 4th which comes together and then I want to say to it on the fourth and then uh, that I realized this is the largest circle on the planet there might be five thousand six thousand seven thousand people on it is that right? at least
8: well at this least. year there were uh, the fourth server estimated 4,500 people at the gathering and so this would have been at least 3,000 people in that circle Wow and the circle awesome. so
2: big the people on the other side look like little mice little wow <laughs> we're all in the same circle. And, then occasion- and it
8: perfectly filled up that meadow. That was the amazing thing.
2: That's so amazing, right to
8: the edge of the trees. And wow, uh,
2: right to the end. You can see with that book. I wanted would get. I'd like to love to get this book on, in a bunch of different hands because you've uh, added to it photographs of the main circle of the gathering of the of the, the fourth in many different places down through hipster, Am I right? And they're really good pictures. Some of you were taken by yourself. Some of them taken by our brother, Garrick Beck. And uh, taken by our brother, Garrick Beck. But they all express that circle and what happens after the circle, which is let the party begin. Let me just say for a moment, the uh, way the circle is broken is that the kids come down from Kid Village. Did you mention that? Kid Village. We used to be in that. From Kid Village, go to the center of the... To the center of the circle and break the silence with a song, with a rainbow song. They were all in this together and a love song. And then it turns into a gigantic. Oh! That's it. Am I
8: right? It's a chord of many voices, yes.
2: And, the, and the, the the om is, of course, did, did you know this, Val? The, the om is supposed to be the sound of the universe itself.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, uh, Stephen Wing, I'm so glad you called in and read that poem. Like, I personally have not gone to a, a rainbow gathering, but being here as part of the Common Thread Collective with Diamond Dave, I have certainly you know, been privy to a lot of, uh, what goes on there in terms of planning and, and hearing all the stories about it. And we've had, uh, Barry Adams here on the show talking about how, you know, some folks are just trying to get the rainbow family recognized as an actual cultural unit because, um, because of, of the way that, that people come together. And, and, you know, I, I, I love that your poem tells the story of something real that probably a lot of people have never even thought about or you know could barely imagine and they, they might even read it thinking it's you know just a story but it's a really beautiful story and it's true. So <laughs> I, I I really appreciated uh and the way that you that the way that you did it too.
2: And no no other I don't see any other way we would have met otherwise. Then there at the gathering. I'm there in my mind's eye with you, I think it was West Virginia, when the folks were coming in. But, but no other way we might have met. And you were there this year, as I say, while I was there in, in Montana, also circling. But you have a poem, I don't know, did you have a poem you intended to read next? Or could you read the poem from the 47th annual rainbow gathering in, in, the, in the Chattahoochee National Forest, Georgia, 2018?
8: Well, I want to read one that's um, dedicated to uh, the the folks who showed up, they seem to show up every year with the express aim of creating problems. Uh, Because as we all know, we can't evolve without problems to overcome. So these folks kindly show up and create every possible obstacle that they can and throw it in their way. I think this year there were something like 900 arrests out of 4,500 people um, and there were um, illegal roadblocks, illegal searches. Um, lo- there are lo- quite a few lawsuits now uh, against this activity because any most of the evidence they collected was illegally found. Um, so I have a poem for the the, um, the the police who showed up at this gathering. They can't seem to stay away. I, I guess kind of like me. They they want to be there. Anyway, this is called "Grace for Bandits." Um, Because of a quote, the only book of poetry I took to the gathering was one by Rumi, uh, the 14th century Persian poet. And uh, this quote leapt out at me, you'll you'll understand why. Musician, play this moment's music as grace for those who block our road. Grace for bandits. So this is the poem called Grace for Bandits. Free people instinctively know which laws to ignore which ordinances and regulations are unjust, unnecessary, specifically targeted at freedom. Law enforcement officers instinctively seem to free, to fear free people. They might act like adolescent bullies, but only under the color of law, stretching the rules that don't quite apply, forgetting the ones that limit their discretion. Sometimes the only way to declare your independence from the bulldozers and chainsaws is to hike deep into the woods that remain. Freedom isn't free, as the bumper sticker says. Sometimes the price of freedom is an illegal search without probable cause at an unconstitutional roadblock where immoral statutes of corrupt republics are enforced by lawmen breaking the law in broad daylight. Sometimes you have to walk six miles carrying all your gear to escape the tyranny of television with its goose-stepping ads, the dictatorship of cash registers and credit cards, the despotism of the internal combustion engine. Freedom is a muscle that grows stronger with exercise, not a virus you can catch from a website about freedom. Sometimes the only way to proclaim your emancipation from the war against love is to hug every stranger you see. Freedom doesn't shelter you from the rain, but the rain scares away the thugs, and navigating the mud makes you stronger. Building a fire when the wood is wet makes you smarter. Next time you'll unroll that extra tarp. And sawing through each dead, fallen branch you dragged out of the woods to keep your family warm keeps you not only warm but free, fills you with the holy power of living. The Nazis convicted at Nuremberg all pled innocence. They were only following orders. The Lumpkin County deputies, Georgia State patrolmen, and Forest Service LEOs who gathered to harass and intimidate a gathering of free people on the taxpayer's dime have at least caught a glimpse of freedom. They can no longer claim innocence.
2: Wow. Stephen Wing, you nailed, you bring back so many memories. Hey, a little. I want to let people know something which you all probably already know. The next year's gathering, we're coming full circle to my home state, Minnesota. Minnesota. My home state, uh, Minnesota. We were there last in 1990. I was there, of course, overlooking the, uh, the Lake uh, Lake Superior. Overlooking Lake Superior, and we are going to be there again, again the two, in the, the next year. And
8: that's uh, right, or Wisconsin, but I know Minnesota has much better water than Wisconsin. And I think so it'll be 10, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, and we got
2: space. But Minnesota, Wisconsin, we don't talk about, uh, in fact, artificial lines. We talk about geo geo areas, geo what uh, is geo. geo, geo, geo Areas in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and the Great Lakes—we could have said—are definitely connected. Yep.
8: And that's the Upper Mi- Mississippi Valley. Oh, it's so beautiful!
2: My mind, uh, my mind's eye is so there. I want to read one of your poems. I have in front of me, and now, uh, the, the I have in front of me. It's called "Passing the Feather," and this was Harvest Council, November, 2017. Was this in Georgia? Harvest Council. That was in Georgia. It must have been. It must have been so warm. It'd be too cold in a lot of places. In Minnesota, <laughs> we'd be sitting in the snow. November, my birthday. <laughs> I'll be turning eighty-one years old next November, November twelfth. Uh, Harvest Council. I hope to be doing some harvesting. Of all well, I've been through, I hope to survive. Passing the feather. Pass that feather. I've been sitting here listening. Twitching and trembling, lips pressed together, holding back all the wisdom and enlightenment of a lifetime. <laughs> Waiting, while the feather makes its leisurely, leisurely way, the long way around this circle, for my turn to speak. Now I sit, turning it around, and around in my fingers, admiring its psychedelic turkey sights, while I try to uh, re- recollect. Everything I had saved up to say. And now that I've said it, it's time to pass the feather on, on to other fingers, other voices, other visions, whole new generations. Makes me want to cry. That have joined the circle while I said, speak of my mind, younger sisters and brothers, not yet even born, who have settled into their places as we older ones, step back, I fall away and pass into the lore of tribal memory. Mm. The circle is never ending, ever changing. Wisdom and enlightenment grow and evolve. Generations evolve. Speak their minds. Pass on. The listening goes on and on. The feather keeps on going around. And there was a Harris Council, November 2017. And here you are, Stephen Wing on the back, to the Rainbow Family Peace and Healing Gathering is an annual spiritual reunion of the human tribe centered around a prayer for human peace on July 4th. For the first week of July, every year, thousands of free spirits inhabit a spectacular piece of national forest in an autonomous, self-sufficient village. Anyone with a belly button is welcome because the gatherings are totally free and non-commercial. This collection of poems about my experience over three decades decades of gatherings is my gift to you. Please do not buy or sell this book. Thanks and blessing. Wing, so people might want a copy. Do you have copies left? If people ask for a copy and send send it to an address, can you send them a copy still?
8: Till
2: I run out. Till he runs out and it'll be time to for a second edition, I'd say. Because this is, I don't know, in all my history of the Rainbow Gathering, there's been b- b- various b- poems, various gatherings of poems, many songs, but Stephen Wing, you're on the wing, you nail it.
8: Yes, um, when I run out of books, the whole thing starts over again and um, anyone that appreciates the book can make a donation so the next person can receive that gift uh it's really not my giveaway everybody who's contributed there were 43 people that donated and it's their gift um and anyone who joins that number and sends a donation will be passing that gift on to the next person that receives it
1: that's lovely how and how can people do this
8: well, I raised my um crowdfunding through a website called YouCaring, Caring, which no longer exists. Okay. They just were they were bought up by GoFundMe and they just disappeared. Hmm. Um like a bo- like a popping bubble. <laughs> yeah. So. so um I I will have to set up a new one. I used them because they um uh, did not charge anything. It was as close as I could get to a free crowdfunding service. But I do have a P.O. box. It's PO box five three seven nine. Atlanta, Georgia, three one one zero seven. And uh, at this point, that's the best way to make a donation. Just mail it to me. And um, I have been um, sending out books to the people who've donated the original forty three. So um, all I can do is keep sending them out till um, till I run out of books, and then um, um, I will keep a list of those who have contributed. I have uh, several pages of Georgia poems to add to the next printing of the book I don't know when I'll be able to travel to another gathering Um, Georgia was mighty convenient so um, I don't know how I'll be able to print more books and carry them to a gathering to give away but um, when I have enough money to print more I I will print more of the new edition with the Georgia poems and um, I guess mail them out.
1: Nice. So, so if people send um, a donation to that PO box, you still have a few copies that that you might be able to send out. Is
8: that? Did I get that right? I do, but but you can't expect to get a book because you gotcha. really um, <laughs> because I they're mean, gonna you can't expect to get a book at any particular time because right. I, when I run out, mm-hmm. I'll run out until I'm able to print more. And I it cost uh, it was sixteen hundred dollars to print five hundred books. Yeah. So I don't know when I'll be able to raise that much again, um, and I did it specifically for this gathering because I knew I could easily transport them there and give give them away, so, okay. so I didn't really conceive it as an ongoing project, but I did print in the book how people can donate for the next person to get the, the gift, so...
1: Nice. Very cool. Very so you cool. You have to look at it as a gift. Yes. And as, as, as a lot of poetry is, like even when, like if you go to listen to live poetry, you know, I mean, you could make a video of it or a recording of it, but it's really not nece- it's really not necessary. You know, the poetry needs to be, I think, experienced in, in, the, in the time and place. It's nice to be able to share, but sometimes... It just doesn't work out that way but it sounds like the mm-hmm. sharing has already s- begun and it can continue but as we know there's a certain you know, little practical limitations to all that so um but yeah. th- this is a beautiful but, book the um the proof of the miraculous campfire poetry but, from the rainbow gatherings by stephen wing
8: but as i mentioned at the beginning These poems have all been on my website for quite some time, so anybody can go to StephenWing.com. Oh, there we go. And scroll to the bottom. It's in the lower right-hand corner, Proof of the Miraculous. Oh, great. I
2: I want to say this.
8: And And my my website hasn't been updated since 2012 when my wife's computer crashed and I I lost my software that I was using. So uh, at some point I will be able to get back in there and add these Georgia poems. But at this point, it's still um, the same poems that are in the book. And the introduction has been updated, but there is, the introduction is there also. For those that, that don't know about Rainbow and would like to learn, there's a, a short introduction. Not so much to the book as to the Rainbow for people who haven't experienced
2: it who we are and, and uh, your title In Search of the Miraculous uh, well it reminds me of a, of a classic work by uh, P.D. Spinsky. yours is Proof of the Miraculous uh, Spinsky has a book called In Search of the Miraculous he never really found it but you and I uh, uh, who have been to many rainbow gatherings know that the, the Miraculous is right there and just down the path Again and again yeah, and sadly again. sadly, he didn't
8: live long enough to get to a rainbow gathering, but who knows, maybe he is reincarnated and he's yeah. showing up at Kid Village.
2: He's <laughs> long gone. He's a, well, that could well be. He's a Russian guy. I don't know if he ever got out of there. He was connected with P.D. with Godayev, that crew. But that's uh, beside the yeah. point. Hey, do we have time for one more, uh, Bill? Yeah. Okay, it, why don't you give us one more of your choice? If you want to do Georgia, that'd be my, that might be really nice as far as I'm concerned.
8: Well, I'm here at the in the alley outside the store where I work. I work at the food co-op in Atlanta in Little Five Points. Okay, and I, I, I didn't bring points. my book. I just brought uh, my appendix from the Georgia gathering. So this is um, this is a vow of silence. It's another poem about the Fourth of July. Take that first step into the silence, even if only to visit the latrine. You can't quite gauge the depth of the silence till you hear two voices blithely chatting away, unaware. Silent blessings on my neighbor who sneezes, silent giggles at my neighbor who snores. A solitary drumbeat reverberating between the ridges till it seems to come from every direction at once. The inevitable dogfight, accompanied by the usual chorus of human barks and howls. Until you learn to hold the silence, you can't hear the silence. Listen, it's right there inside you, always. If silence isn't part of your religion, what about respect for the observance of others?
2: Hey, Stephen Wayne. So good to have, have you be talking to you after all of these years. As we've been down the rainbow trail, and I, I'm I so glad him. I finally showed up. You did, and in the speech here we are, thanks to thanks to the internet, and thanks to many things. Hey, Val, this will be Stephen Wayne.
1: It's been a real pleasure having you on the Common Thread Collective today, Stephen Wing. Um, and just so you know, if you want to share this conversation with folks later, you can go on our website, which is mutinyradio.fm. That's M-U-T-I-N-Y radio.fm. And under the podcast archive, you can find the Common Thread Collective and... Um, it it's, should be right there towards the bottom, this date being August 10th, 2018. Um, so it has been a real pleasure, and I uh, hope that you'll you'll give us a call back uh, some other time.
8: I hope so, too. I will plan on it. Okay, Stephen, Thank you so much for the invitation. Rainbow
2: gathering on the air. Ho, ho, ho gathering rainbows <laughs> gathering on the air who would have imagined it so many things we could all have right. imagined but here we are doing it I love you Stephen keep up the good work
8: I love you too rainbow blessings to all
1: Fuck right. right. yeah all right, here on the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio.fm, It's a beautiful Friday. I'm going to play a little music uh, and then I believe we're going to bring in our friend Jack Melander, another poet um, who is a regular member of our collective here. And remember that you're always welcome to join us 2781 21st Street, San Francisco, California, 94110. Um, if you're coming through town or if you want to, you know, post on our Facebook page, you can do that. Common Thread Collective and um get in touch and let us know you're going to be coming through uh we we, we, we've kind of cut back a little bit we're doing our shows every second and fourth friday um and we hope that uh you know gives more people a chance to to kind of plan and uh come on out and be a part of the show and just so you know coming up our today is the 10th so our next live show will be august 24th and we're going to have a very special performance and interview with ryan casada uh, who's who's going to be coming through town on august 24th so a lot of things to look forward to um and opportunities to take advantage of uh, in the best of ways here's a little music for you um actually i had some of my students who are from brazil uh suggest this song so uh let's see if it's all set up apparently this is like an oldie but goodie in brazil um it's called rasa negra by cheia de Manias. uh so i probably totally butchered the portuguese pronunciation of that uh, but i'm going to play it here and uh Because I'm doing a radio project with my students and they today made these amazing radio segments. So I have to do my end of the bargain and we're going to mix in some music and uh, I've got to do my global vowel thing. So if you hear a couple of random things coming out of my mouth, it's probably for that. Here we go. Cheio que faz. you are listening to KSSF Stafford House San Francisco's an international broadcast folks I'm Global Val here with all of our f- wonderful friends and students from Colombia South Korea K- Taiwan Japan and Brazil so uh, sit back and enjoy the show we got a lot of talented folks Uh, who have put together this program for us today. So I hope that you enjoy it. I'm going to play a little music here um, because part of the program is dedicated to the movies. And so uh, I think I need to play a little bit of um, perhaps a a classic um, American uh, throwback to the movies. And I'm talking about the Siskel and Ebert theme song um, because we're going to have movie talk. So here we go. I want to play this for everybody next. And then it's still the Common Thread Collective. I'm just doing a little work here. Little side project, folks. Little side project. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast, KSSF Stafford House, San Francisco, an international broadcast coming to you live from San Francisco, California. Peace around the world, everybody. Thank you so much. Take care. Well, yeah, so I had um, my students today, they, uh, today and yesterday, they worked on um, different radio segments. So we've got a movie reviewers, um, and we have uh, people doing a news report, we had a couple folks doing an interview, and there's also a commercial that, that people made, so um They did a great job. We we practiced a lot of English and pronunciation and natural flow of the language and things like that. So um, just doing my part over here to uh, record a little segment so I can mix it all together this weekend uh, on using Audacity, which is the... You know, if it you're, seems
2: like a great it's idea. It's
1: audio editing software I had to teach myself how to use when I joined KPFA, Women's Magazine. Um, so um, I'm looking forward to a little little editing project this weekend. Maybe it'll jumpstart my uh, <laughs> my
2: editing and take it to and another to level. To be continued. That's right. To be continued. Thank you. In fact, you did do an interview with the sculpture. Whose sculptures are now down there in Civic Center? I did, I did, I did a one-off interview
1: here at Mutiny Radio a couple weeks ago with Zach Ove, Zach. who is the sculptor um, who who did all of the uh, the installation in which is in the middle of Civic Center Plaza. It's called uh, the mask of blackness um the invisible man and the mask of blackness so he uh, we're going to try to play some of that um interview on this show today um he's a really interesting guy he's a london-based artist um and it's and it really has an interesting story behind it and if you haven't gone to civic center and you haven't or you haven't seen a picture of it you should really go check it out it's it's really compelling um sculpture um there's 40 um, black male figures, kind of a throwback to the African diaspora kind of style um, but they're all done in uh, graphite so it's kind of this modern um, material and everybody's hands are up, um, which I think when he originally put it together it was supposed to be this like welcoming come and interact with these large black male figures um and then of course you put them in an american setting and it's automatically hands up don't shoot um so it's it's a really interesting piece to um that's in civic center it's going to be there till november 2nd so we'll try to play some of that
2: um interview today and i may be right i may be wrong but this is man is a is a classic novel by Ralph Ellison. He did mention that that was part of his fifties. Uh, yes, part of his inspiration. Because the Theme of uh, the the um, um, and it's a great read. I recommend it now. It's an amazing read. It's about. Uh, its basic theme is the maskabactus. It takes place uh, and I read read it back in the fifties when it came out. I need to read it again, but it's about a black guy, uh, uh, a black college, a black uh, college that where he goes to. Mask of Blackness, uh, the president, the whole thing that says uh, Mask of Blackness is not quite for real, he survives that, and then he joins the Communist Party, the same thing, the Mask by uh, hands up, and that's uh, The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, I definitely recommend it, if you want, would like to read it, I would suggest it, it came out in the 50s, and it's an amazing piece of writing, The Invisible Man, Ralph Ellison.
1: Moving on here, Dave. Um, sorry, okay. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm 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 juggling things here. So, um, no, it's all is, all as well here on the Common all Thread well. Collective. What's 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 nice about being here at Mutiny Radio is everything's really flexible.
2: Flexible, um,
1: and the key. Even this microphone arm in front of me. So we have our friend Jack Millender, who's Jack. who's back to to share some of his poetry with us as he does on a pretty regular basis. So good to see you, Jack. Thank you. Um, I'm going to have you use... No, you're fine, but the other microphone is, is a much better um, bet. And we can actually ch- switch out that arm uh, and make it, make it work.
9: That,
2: I don't want it to fall on you either. Okay. This one's not really working too well. All right, Jack, a little bit of a sensation. I did could have done, I could have have done, done this off the air, light air, light but, could know, have done sure, this but here we are. That's
10: the flexibility
2: Yes, of it. yes it is.
10: Sorry, Thank you very much. Hey, Jack. Also, back in the time of uh, Native Son, uh, a lot of really good uh, work by James Baldwin. Uh, the Fire Next Time was really good. And there, then there's a novel called um, uh, um, Native Son. Uh, do you remember? Yeah, That's remember by Richard that. Wright. Richard Wright, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. That, And that was yeah, really famous. And then there was a play by Leroy Jones called Dutchman.
2: That came a little later. Yeah, came a little later. But definitely... Um, Came a little later, but it definitely rested on those three books you mentioned. And the next generation was um, the, the, the next generation was who? Baraka, of Baraka, Leroy Jones, yeah. who came out of uh, kind of uh, came out of uh, Harlem. Harlem. No, he came out of New Jersey. He got there, but he came out of Newark. He called it Newark, New Jersey. He went Newark, became became a black nationalist first. Newark went back there fight the good fight, and then he became a Marxist and uh, Maoist. Very interesting. Leroy Jones and Maury Baraka. A little black history, black literature, you got a short course. Take it away, brother.
10: Okay, I have a couple of poems here. Uh, This first one is called Cock Crow. Forgetting sweet forgetfulness, let's deconstruct subconsciouses, remembering what was erstwhile done by duly constituted badges. So unexacted vengeance may since legion these days rejoice to finally realize authorities' anxieties when learning that so many hearts are now awake again.
2: Mm. Well, let's hope so. Hearts are awake. We're wakening up. We what just a great a message. That
10: was called Cockroach. This, this next one's called No God Yet. Mm. If poetry uses the poet for creating poems, they putatively endless while a person mortal, why marvel at what ghettos he roams or that self-driven his stanzas must sortle Amid the pursuing of several men's fates, say student, worker, athlete, poet, he breathless ever ingratiates himself with a muse girl, though he's no god yet.
2: No god yet. You know, your, your poetry is amazing, and ceases to amazing. You hardly ever repeat yourself. <laughs> um, uh, sometimes. <laughs> well, but sometimes, but I said hardly ever. That covers that. Hey, brother, give us one more.
10: Okay, this is called To Marry. I love to wheel everywhere on grass. You play piano, knit up in your room. I see a panoply of people pass. You savor study's solitary gloom. Then parley, though, with stir- spirits of the greats, with timeless music geniuses confer, for which some peace and quiet you prefer. I only like to leap the late night curbs and veer downhill to swerve through some warm herbs, though that's no way for bookish types to act. I fear your friend's a loony, that's a fact. Who needs to lace his exercise with risk and motorcycle sunny, hillsides brisk, though often highs of runners 64 are spiked with wild adrenaline no more.
2: Wow. you would be amazing. thanks a lot. thanks a lot, brother. That makes me think of,
1: uh, there's another show on Mutiny Radio that is called um, Forever Two Wheels. And I think it's on Tuesday nights. And uh, it's all about, you know, they're just like, you know, motorheads, motorcycle, you know, enthusiasts, and uh,
2: it's it's c- it's pretty cool.
10: Thank you.
2: Oh. But literary, here comes E.K. coming in. E.K. Keith. Yeah. And we're expecting to call in a few Welcome minutes. Welcome back. I think it was by our sister, I believe you know her, we'll Rain, see. from Missoula. Oh, rain. Rain yeah. was in poetry. Thank you, I just got you, a Jack. text to her saying, I get off work at 4.30. So we're flexible, and we're looking at the, uh, we're doing what we do. How you be, Val? Well. Oh, let me get you a microphone. That, yeah. w- that one
1: wasn't doing too well earlier. Is this quite cool? That one's working that's like a, a dream. Cool yeah, that's the I don't know what's going on with that dud over there. Um, I haven't really gotten much out of it. Okay. Well, hello, y'all. Hey, E.K. Keith. Welcome back, E.K. I know. I've
11: been on quite an adventure.
1: What a sight for sore eyes you are! Oh, I'm in Texas,
2: that's I right. Some in road Texas.
3: Poetry. I want to hear some road poetry.
2: Well, here. she's got what she's got. To, what she has. I know. I you're going to hear what you're going to hear.
11: So, so what's been what's been shaken in San Francisco? <laughs>
2: Anything? But, anything but going on? <laughs>
1: Everything shakes. We haven't had any major earthquakes. Though. Yeah, oh, that was somewhere else. So
2: that's good. That was Bali, but, but things are going on every day. There are a few things going on in different places. I see it on Facebook, because I've been. Uh, it's been my lover, locomotion is not as good as it used to be. But here I be, as you see. Hey, K. Hey,
11: Dave. So. Uh, I I had I had okay so the best adventure I had was I got off I10 for a little while and I went to Marfa Texas have you guys heard of the Marfa lights?
2: No, tell us about Marfa.
11: Okay, so... Okay, you know about the Aurora Borealis, the northern lights, right? Yes. Of course. Okay, the Marfa lights are nothing like that at all. Okay. But they do... Uh,
1: are, they, are they neon? They,
11: well, no, they're like little blobs of light that kind of appear on the horizon. Whoa. And there's no explanation for them. They're different colors, and... Um, yeah you just hang out at the edge of town where there's no lights and look south and these little lights appear on the horizon and they just like sort of fade and and pulse in intensity and they're different colors and they like will pop out or fade out they'll may- maybe bounce a little bit they seem to respond to song also
2: and that's Which every night.
11: Yeah, pretty you much get to every night.
2: Every, and you, show you, saw you Yeah.
11: So I saw him. I was. Oh, also, you know, if if that wasn't good enough, like also, I just have to recommend the West Texas sky. Like there's so many stars that it's hard to identify oh. constellations that you know because it's just all cluttered up with all these stars, and you can see like the band arm of the Milky Way. That's real cool.
3: That's like, wow. Real cool. Light pollution. No shit. It is the
11: opposite of light pollution. There's an observatory out there actually in Fort, Fort Davis is a town close by the McDonald Observatory is out there in wow. the middle of West Texas also. Maybe next time I'll go get to check out the big telescope.
3: Do they serve fries
2: McDonald? No, I'm i Hey, brother. Well, think pretty funny. But let's let say she's here She's, she's <laughs> about to read your humor
1: your humor, humor You <laughs> know, I haven't eaten at McDonald's in probably like 25 years or yeah, something. it's been a long time. But the only thing I ever really would consider getting from there again would be the ice cream. <laughs> mm.
9: and you just, remember? you know,
1: if, you, if your car's broken down and the only place to sit is a lawn in front of the McDonald's, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get an ice cream cone. The ice cream.
2: <laughs> if you remember it after a quarter but, century, it must might be just pretty good. Go ahead, E.K. <laughs> I want to hear some poetry. Um,
11: well, so just gonna oh okay so yeah i wrote i I was helping out my parents and uh so this is this is this is a weird poem that i wrote about my mother and her medicine and it's really probably actually about my anxiety more than anything It's probably a side effect of the drugs she's on. My mother's pupils have turned to slits, not round, but a black band that runs straight down through each brown eye like a goat. I wouldn't be surprised if she's been a trickster god, Punished to a life in woman form all along and she's turning back into her satyr self now nearing the end of this life time served for some cosmic transgression I'll never get to know
9: whoa mm-hmm.
11: so I think it was just a trick of the light but in the uh-huh. moment <laughs>
1: yeah it's what it evoked in, in right? the
11: moment that's uh, that's that's pretty much what it evoked
3: that was evocative that was yeah
11: so wow
3: yeah so uh
11: that was pretty good um well no actually it was just terrifying the whole thing Uh the whole good deed doing is like really really strange
1: it's intense yeah, I'm so glad to
11: be home. Like when I Welcome drove home. in, like past the like San Bruno Mountains, the whole city was just like blanketed in fog. And I rolled down the window, and it was so unpleasantly cold. I was so happy. <laughs>
3: I like <laughs> unpleasant. I was yeah. like, oh my god,
11: it's unpleas- I'm gonna be cold. All- I'm gonna be uncomfortably cold all the time again. <laughs> it's good you, for you. Thank goodness.
1: You sound like speaking of moms. You sound like my mom. She was you know traveling for a couple of weeks with her sisters in the Pacific Northwest and then finally came home. She's like, as soon as I got to the Golden Gate Bridge and saw the fog, I opened my windows and I was like, oh, the fog.
3: <laughs> Give it to me. You know how I saw that? I never leave. Well, there you go. I think you know? that's there wise, Bloodflower. You know? I
11: may never leave also. That way
3: I don't have to miss <laughs> like that. This, that I don't have, have a heart it, to leave everybody,
10: here,
3: <laughs> So I can't go anywhere
1: yet. Oh, man. I guess the grass is always greener in some respect. I'm like... Give Once me some summer. <laughs> I really,
11: you know, I did. I but I that, really enjoyed the warm weather. Like yeah. the climate was great, but yeah. So I think that's all for today.
1: Oh, one. Whoa.
11: Yeah, just one. Hit am pa- like
1: hit him hard. Hit Just got off the
3: road.
11: Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. Okay. yeah. Dave, what's up? Easing on you down, down off the road. The show, am I right? Yeah. School will start uh, while well, the teachers go back next week, and the young people come back the week after.
2: Wow, and the librarian is here.
11: Yes, yes, I
2: am. Oh, it's so beautiful to have you back. <laughs> I'm very Sister. lucky
11: that I made it back from Texas in time to go to work.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, so let's pronounce Yay. Yay.
1: Well, I was going to, Bloodflower, sure. did you bring a sonnet or something well, you wanted to share I, with us today? I, or? I,
3: you know, I have um, a piece by Lorca. Okay, Lorca's always all right. Is that cool? Yes, Lorkham's please. Always. You could play music first, and then I could read that. Well, we're
2: waiting for a phone call soon, I'll, so jump right in. we will jump right we'll in. See, we'll you see what jump happens. Right in. She gets I, off uh, work at four
1: thirty, so she's probably not going to call right at four thirty. No, she won't.
2: Well, you know. Please uh, read a poem. I want to hear some Lorca. Well, My favorite Lorca uh, poem is called "Green." If you have it, I'll read that. Well, let me just look and see if I can. Uh, Green. Do, 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 do. That uh, the Lorca, of course.
3: I think I'm gonna put read up against a, the wall um, and an ode. Fa- I'm gonna read an ode. Okay, time type of ode. Ode, okay. It's an ode. Do you know that he was assassinated re- while he was reciting his poetry? That's a cute. Yep. I don't know if
2: was reciting his poetry and that's what he did. People know it, but he was taken away, put up against the wall and shot by the fascisti. take it, go away by the fascists who had invaded In Spain. his town. In Spain.
3: Um, This is called, uh, this is titled Cry to Rome from the Tower of the Chrysler Building. And if you've never seen the Chrysler Building, you've never seen Art Deco. Apples barely grazed by slender silver rapiers, clouds torn apart by a coral hand that carries a fiery almond on its back, arsenic, Fish like sharks, sharks like wailing drops that blind the masses, roses that wound and needles that lace the blood's plumbing. Enemy worlds and loves covered with worms will fall on you, will fall on the great dome that anoints the military tongues with oil, where a man pisses on a dazzling dove and spits pulverized coal, encircled by thousands of handbells. Because there is no one to bestow the bread or the wine, or make the grass grow in the mouths of the dead, or spread the linen of rest and peace, or weep for the wounded elephants, there are only a million blacksmiths who forge chains for tomorrow's children. Only a million carpenters who make coffins with no cross, only a crowd of laments laments unbuttoning their clothing waiting for the bullets the man who scorns the dove should have spoken screamed naked between the columns and injected himself with leprosy and shed tears terrible enough to dissolve his rings into diamond telephones But the man dressed in white ignores the mystery of the wheat ear, ignores the moans of a woman giving birth, ignores the fact that Christ can still give water, ignores the money that burns the prodigy's kiss and gives the blood of the lamb to the pheasant's idiot beak. THE SCHOOL TEACHERS SHOW THE CHILDREN WHAT A MARVELOUS LIGHT COMING FROM THE MOUNTAINS, BUT WHAT ARRIVES IS A JUNCTION OF SEWERS WHERE cholera's nymphs SCREAM IN THE SHADOWS. THE TEACHERS POINT DEVOUTLY TO THE ENORMOUS DOMES FILLED WITH BURNING INCENSE. BUT BENEATH THE STATUES THERE IS NO LOVE, NO LOVE BENEATH THE FINAL CRYSTAL EYES. Love is in the flesh, shredded by thirst, and the tiny thatched hut struggling against the flood. Love is in the pits where the serpents of famine writhe in the sad sea where the dead gulls drift and in the obscurest kiss bristling beneath the pillows but the old man with translucent hands will say love 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 acclaimed by millions of the dying he will say love 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 amidst the gold lamay that trembles with tenderness he will say peace "'Peace, peace! Among the shivering of knives and long hair of dynamite, "'he will say love, 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 until his lips have turned to silver. "'Meanwhile, yes, meanwhile, the blacks who removed the spittoons,' The boys who tremble beneath the pallid terror of executives. The women who drown in mineral oil. The multitudes with their hammers, violins, or clouds. They'll scream and even as they bash their fucking brains out against the wall. They'll scream in front of the domes. They'll scream driven crazy by the fire. They'll scream driven crazy by the snow. They'll scream with their heads full of excrement. Scream as if all the nights converged. Scream with such a heart-rending voice until the cities tremble like little girls and knock down the prisons of oil and music because we demand our daily bread, alder in bloom and perennial harvested tenderness because we demand that the earth's will be done, that its fruits be offered to us one and all. Wow!
2: <clears throat> thank you that's amazing and that of course is uh, Lorca that originally came up uh, out of a book which you can find called Garcia Lorca in America Poet in New York when he spent uh, when Poet he spent, in, he spent Poet in New York here and then uh, a whole book came out including that Ode to New York that was so well read there
3: thank you Bloodflower thank
2: you. and uh, anyway why don't you put some music on if you will I, I have somebody can out do that? here what what you got? We have an
1: other performers who are waiting.
2: Yeah, what have other performer. Where is she? Okay, singer, right? All right. Go yeah, her go her go her go, go check that. that check it out. And meanwhile, watch the phone. What kind
11: of music you got for us, Val?
1: I don't know yet. To tell you the truth. Um, tell us the truth. <laughs> the truth is, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: I always tell the truth. I'm rather
1: sincere. It's, that is true. Uh, Jack
3: said the piece I did sounded like forced whimsy. Forced whimsy Forced whimsy Is that me? I don't know But I thought it sounded really neat I told him that like I patterned the piece After Lurch From Adam's family Like when he When he plays the (laughs) organ And it's like That's his like Only outlet You know So he was like My musical inspiration for that But The the person The singer Songwriter here She sounds really good Oh nice Um, If we can
1: yeah, she'll be her, she'll be coming up pretty sidewalk. soon. She
11: was sounding really good on yeah. the sidewalk
3: outside. Nice. Yeah.
1: All right. Performer I mean, it's of mysteries like really sunny in.
11: today, but not hot. It's really weird. Like I'm freaking out. My whole like world view is really shattered by like Walmart and America and damage throwing anyone. things yeah. away, like like oh, I'm throwing th- things away and not composting. America, like I'm not mm. getting it, y'all.
1: I know, I know. It's tough. It's tough. We um, knew, reuse, recycle. What happened to that? I know. Right, the
3: three R's. Right.
1: That's right. They even made a silly little cartoon
3: song out of it. Not silly enough, evidently.
1: Apparently not. D, can you sing it for us, Val? Well? <laughs> recycle reduce reuse and close the loop (laughs) hell yeah you can close the loop it was a 90s thing like you wrote it really
11: good i'm so proud of you oh my gosh
1: (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll do something that I can do well, which is read a poem. Oh, yeah. Please yeah. read us a poem. Cool. So um, it's it's just kind of a you know, simple little poem. To follow uh, Lorca is really, um, you know, there's no real following no. Lorca. But um, I did write this kind of quickly in the car the other day because I was... In the redwoods of Northern California, which is a very special space. Um, It is like no other kind of experience. Once you enter the grove and uh, it's just this kind of muted, uh, almost silence. Um, And it comes with uh, the rustling of some lower bushes and, and leaves and things. Um, but it's a, it feels like a very sacred space and it is a form of tree medicine. So EK talked about some medicine. So here's, here's, here's a little report from some tree medicine, the redwoods, the redwoods remind us of where we are rooted as we reach for our calling so much has and will come to pass witness every stage of development so grand and immeasurable we can only see horizons going up the tree yet each fleck of soft flesh each twist of bark was crafted by heat and cloud holding to center and to each other each growing in its own weather
2: wow that's beautiful val and who is that val that was me and That was you, of course <laughs> <laughs> oh, right up there. Hey Val Hey Dave <laughs> Who
11: was, was that? That was the genius poet Global Val Ibarra <laughs> Amazing from,
2: from San
11: Francisco, California That was with the Redwoods talking,
2: actually <laughs>
1: were.
11: Only through you, my friend you were That's right
2: of so Powerful well. force Here we have um, Right here with us Who's this? Uh, please uh, introduce yourself
12: Thank you, Diamond Dave This is Emanation, Emanation. and um, I ran into Diamond Dave yesterday at Martha Brothers, and I haven't seen him since Soup Stock, I don't know, 1998.
2: Wow, 10 years ago.
12: People were, 10 years ago, right? Uh, People (laughs) were milling around him, and I was very, very happy to see him. Because I just got back from San Francisco. I was just evicted from my home in Humboldt County for oh, having man. a 215 for edibles. Marijuana. So I filed a, filed a federal lawsuit uh, against the Trump administration.
2: And it's legal now. So tell us a more bit about it. power to story. you, <laughs> Emanation. Yeah, and it more is power legal now you. in the States, so that makes it even more um, obnoxious And uh, to hear that. But you've, you've, um, you've taken I didn't
12: file it. My lawyer did. Beautiful. a very kind uh, lawyer.
2: And that's brought you to San Francisco. What's that? You've you now been brought to San Francisco. Yeah, that's that? right.
12: I, I, I didn't have a bed in Humboldt County, so there was nowhere for me to go except for San Francisco. Thank you, San Francisco. <laughs> oh, Welcome. <beautiful>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, all right. Um, so I'd love to do a song. Well, okay. or maybe two. I just want. Yeah. What'll be beautiful? Well,
12: let's see. I don't know we're if we're waiting I need for the to...
2: call yeah. as well. If
12: you'd prefer to. But, you know, I do want to say something else because yeah. a darling, darling KPFA did cover the eviction because I fought it like crazy for, you know, two years. And um, it um, f- filing the federal lawsuit uh, got some attention from the press. And KPFA covered it. And it was. And KMA News ran it. So I was very. Happy about that I won't be able to make my k show tomorrow um, So that's another harm That the federal government has done me
2: From k to Mutiny Radio <laughs> Here we are k um, oh, yeah. That's a sister station of us up That's Humboldt. right The voice of the I don't know how numbers, The voice of the of The Emerald Triangle k I They
12: sure are I sure love k
2: I love K-MUD We're well, beautiful we're having this network of knows it too. Okay.
12: But you know what, I love San Francisco even more.
13: over there
1: the nation, bringing the love and spreading it all around. All
12: over the town, all specifically this town.
2: Yeah. And, and we're all over the planet. We need it. Everybody needs it. And, and all
12: over the planet, absolutely.
2: Mutiny Radio, here we are. So good to have you here. Now you're in San Francisco. You're always welcome.
12: Diamond Dave, I'm so happy I ran into you yesterday. I'm just
2: thrilled. Thrilled. And,
12: and, and it's, just, I'm, it's just great to see how well you're looking.
2: Pretty. Well, it was an accident of fate too. I, would, I thought I was going to the other cafe, which is Community Blend. They're closed. Their back area was closed. So the spirit brought me to Martha's, and there you were. Wow! So we never I, I, I know uh, not to uh, complain, but just go. With what I used to go with the flow.
12: Yes, absolutely. And here we are.
2: Take my hand, sister. Oh, all right. There, a Dave. Feel that handshake, Dave. Wowsy, wowsy, okay. wowsy,
12: absolutely.
2: Emma. Well, now we got Bill has just come in.
12: Yeah.
11: He's
2: going to sit down with the piano. I know Bill with a guitar. He happens to be, but we're going to see a side of him. Which I, know he's, I said, where's your guitar? He said, I think I'll play some piano today. What? Wow. So, Bill, sit down. <laughs> and uh, this is just keeping it tight. We like to run a kind of tight shit. Hey, Bill, how you be?
14: I'm uh, I be just fine. Thank you, Dave. How are you doing?
2: Well, I'm hurting a lot. Why well, don't I get into it all? Oh, cheese and crackers. You. And we've had a pretty good show today, haven't we, Val? We have had we, we do have a great show cooking here. It's tight. And cooking. That's what we do. Cooking. I would like to
14: take this opportunity to say that the lighting in the restroom is phenomenal. And if it were an option, I would just play a set in there all day long. <laughs> My goodness. The disco fever, really, going on in there. Yeah,
11: I try to time it
14: so that I have to go to the bathroom before
11: I leave the radio station on Fridays because it's really like an just an experience that is incomparable. Like it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it really does a lot for our little dinky bathroom Maybe here. We should like it's actually so have
11: people read in there.
1: I I did a little um <laughs> I did a little selfie video in there when I was wearing some trippy reflective sunglasses one time. Oh my goodness. And that lights just going. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's it's really cool. Like it should be like on a loop or something. It's just bizarre. But yeah, so I love the bathroom. If you're out there, folks, listening, Mutiny Radio has a bathroom and it's got this super cool multicolored disco light that's in there. Don't worry, it won't like t- trip you out too much. Like it won't it's bite not, hard. I don't, I don't think it's Caesar inducing, I hope. No, but you'll still be able to take it's still so- It's yeah. softer than that. Take it's care much of business. Softer than that.
2: Uh, but the problem we have is you know, there's no piano on there. The piano's out here, no, there's no piano. and Bill, you're yes. sitting at the piano. Do you have something, something in mind you'd like to do? Um, you know, I'm just gonna,
14: I'm just gonna feel it through. You know. Oh,
2: they do that. That's um. the way we work around here. No doubt at all.
14: For those of you playing at home, know that I don't play piano, but here I go.
1: Bill Wilde. Ah, uh, yes. That was, a, that was a great treat. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> You're you too kind, really. What, so I recognize that song. Do you know the name of that? Do uh, you?
14: Brazil. It's Brazil. And I couldn't tell you who wrote it. I know um, a great deal many artists have done uh, renditions such as Frank Sinatra, Arcade Fire, and on and on. And uh, I really couldn't tell you who wrote it. But I'm sure someone did.
1: I'm sure they did. Yeah. But you, you just, uh, you just uh, brought, it, brought it to life for us here at Mutiny Radio. So thanks for doing that. Thank you
14: so much. My pleasure.
2: All right. Hey, the, the, I always, well, you're always welcome to come back here to the summer. This is a good time to say it. We're on every other Friday. So come on through, people. We'll be doing it. And I think we've had a really good show today, Bill. It's and, been tight. It's been interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's been what we're about it's true
1: um yeah so as Diamond Dave said we're doing a show every second and fourth Friday so um Final just word. to try to keep it even um so that we don't get off saying did we do it last week or no so second and fourth Fridays um so today is August 10th um so our next show will be August 24th we're gonna have Ryan Casada in the studio Man. he's gonna be doing a performance and an interview with us wow. um so a lot of a lot of cool things happening of course on the Common Thread Collective as usual um um, a couple cool things, a, a couple of announcements to make. Uh, tomorrow in San Francisco, it's going to be kind of a big day in San Francisco, um, that new, they call it the Salesforce Transit Center. I'm just going to call it the Transit Center. It's the park. They made this huge um, uh, outdoors uh, park that's on top of the Transit Center, the new Transbay Terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to. I have to be honest with you. I had no idea that's what they were doing there. Uh, I've just been scoffing at it for years while it's been being built. And um, yeah, I don't care. I'll be honest. Um, And then I was like, "What the hell is this?" So it's like it's like a giant, like double football size field. It's a rooftop park um, which is on top of the new transit center so um, it's opening tomorrow so Saturday uh, the 11th from 12 to to 4 p.m. it's free and open to the public it's kind of it's coming out party if you will Is it what? Terrifying. Is it terrifying? terrifying. Yeah, like if you're afraid of heights, is it
11: terrifying? I I don't think... a.
1: don't know. I don't know how well you can see over the edge um, at all, but it's a big park, so if you stay towards the center, I think you'll be okay. All right. But there is a in the middle of because it's basically it's designed it was the old bus station yeah right and and it was used to be a pretty like creepy place to go yeah, yeah. and then, whatever they've been working on it for a long time yeah what's that the Greyhound
3: bus station oh yeah the Greyhound bus station when I first moved here and started residing here back in the day they let homeless people sleep in there oh yeah yeah and that was they were just closing it down like the first year I moved in here I used to listen to it on a KGO radio they used to comment mm-hmm. and you know comment on that it was kind of sad you know
1: yeah there were um, days Definitely, um, like, yeah, it, people were living in that building, basically.
2: Yeah. yeah. Being, a park, being a public park. Yeah. But if you look into it, it's not public. It's, uh, I'm talking about Park and Rec, San Francisco. It's connected somehow to the to the uh, bus station. Right. It it's might on be the top. public, but it's uh, we certainly had nothing to do with the planning process. And Salesforce, do you know what Salesforce does? I don't know what Salesforce does, but it's a burgeoning <laughs> private
1: corporation. I'm sure it's, it's nasty. I love you, Diamond Dave.
2: <laughs> so, in fact, what well, I you the It's a business a thing. It's a business thing. There's lot money there. in marketing. There's a lot of privatization here. They talk about public, but we'll see how public it is. Time will tell. Right. Salesforce. Well, it's actually
1: going to be open. It's not open 24 hours, the park part. It's going to be open from, I, I think, until like 8 or 9 p.m. seasonally. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, so anyhow, it's tomorrow, tomorrow. If, if you're interested and you want to go, you know, go to the debut of it, the big open house that's down there on 2nd and Howard, 2nd and Mission, um, and uh, you can yeah, check out the
3: whole the whole it's deal. Tell me how it's it was. Yeah. Well, Describe I'm, it to me in detail, and, and I'll, I'll go. Is there
11: an
1: elevator ride? Involved?
3: Well, well here, you oh, there's, there's bus.
1: escalators and there's elevators. There's an escalator you that take apparently bus? takes 50, <laughs> 52 seconds to ride the escalator. That long? effort. it. it yeah, it's high. It's yeah, a high business. Not as and high as me, but that's, a, uh, that's
2: high. I saw the artwork. Did you see that? That's no. Snoop I've seen Lion some high. pictures of it, but
1: yeah, you know, it's happening. So if you're in San Francisco and you want to. You know, check it out or be a part of something historic. Uh, go, you Why know, would we want to do Go that? stroll Sales through. Forth.
11: Come on now. Sales Can first. I, so may I make that a... That's fun to be involved.
1: In. May
3: I do a plug for the bookstore?
1: Yes, please.
3: Uh, we got Adobe Bookstore tomorrow night is having a zine reading. That's right. For zinesters. And for those who don't know what zinesters, zines were, they were like podcasts on paper.
7: They're
2: still happening. They're yeah, still
3: happening because we still have paper, yes.
2: Yeah. There is a zine the festival happening at There the is same a zine time?
3: festival and a reading tomorrow evening at Adobe Books, and it sh- sounds absolutely charming. So, uh, check it do you out. know
1: what time there's that's, that's going to be? Festival.
3: Not really, but they have a uh, Facebook page. They have a calendar, you know, adobebooks.com, cool. I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. always so much cool stuff going on in there San Francisco. Is. We're, really we're really, really lucky. even
3: if you'd yeah. crave it, there's never a dull moment. That's right. Right. Can't oh, even plan God. to have a dull moment. You gotta get you
1: gotta get out of town to, to get those dull moments. And sometimes even then, there's no dull moments out of
11: town. <laughs> me no, well, Let me just be assuring everyone.
1: one other one other announcement. Since we're not doing a show next Friday, um, the seventeenth, I did want to announce because I'm a cat person on the. Uh, on the Saturday, August 18th at 10am. Um, the San Francisco SPCA is having a clear the shelters event. So they're going to have free adoptions on Saturday, August 18th. So, um, they do a hashtag clear the shelters. Um, so if, if you're looking for some animal love in your life, (laughs) you could do many things, but you could go to the SPCA and do a free adoption on saturday the 18th um i would but my cat would be very jealous yeah so um but yeah and especially we need to recognize the fact that there are so many fires uh all around the state of california um a a huge kind of state of emergency for many people and it's not just the people being displaced but it's also their pets and animals and their their livestock and um so i think right now it's even probably more important to um you know, if if you want to adopt an animal, you want to help out um, because there's going to be like there were after the last fires, a lot of missing animals and pets. So, and that's really going to you know crowd the shelters. Um, so yeah, go, it's free adoption. So it's an opportunity wow. to uh, bring some love into your life. Oh, and that sounds it, so
2: good, so special. Pass the word out. Get yourself a cat. Get yourself a kitten. They're 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 amazing. My cat Osiris. He's my four-legged friend. I don't know what I'd do without him. And I know when I get home this afternoon, he's going to be sitting there waiting for me. Yep. And yeah. then I walk in the door, and he'll come to trotting along beside me as I walk to my bedroom he and it's not just that he's hungry it's just that he's he Oh <laughs> sorry
1: yeah I used to kind of uh, I mean I guess this is Global Val's truth hour I used to like roll my eyes when I'd see signs that said like with a little paw print that said who saved who you know oh. but with the cat with my cat that I have I, like honestly the the like, the love that comes from that animal is like such a, a like a life giving, life saving presence. Sometimes, like it really does um, affect my life, and and um, I I know that a lot of people with pets out there know what I'm talking about. So,
2: anyhow, um, they're different than the canines, I must say. Yeah, they're like equals. Nice too. They're like they're nice, but it's different, and it's different. But with my cat, it's like an equal. It's like a four legged equal. She might be way down there. We're talking, and we we talk, and we come, and we communicate to one another. It'd be amazing. Osiris, I love you, little brother. And let's <laughs> dedicate the show to Osiris.
1: All right. For sure. Hey, you know what? That's a really cool dedication because we are wrapping up our live segment. And but don't go away because uh, I'm going to be playing just – next. Um, an interview that I conducted with the artist, uh, sculptor, he's a, he's a filmmaker, photographer and sculptor named Zach Ove. He's London based. Um, his father was from Trinidad. His mother was Irish. He grew up in London. His father in England, in London. So he kind of has this um, artistic lineage that he's working with. But um, he has this big uh, sculptural display in Civic Center Plaza and it will be up until November 2nd Um, it was he was brought in by the San Francisco Arts Commission Um, the director of Public Art uh, Trust happened to see a picture of this particular um, body of work at Somerset House in England and decided to invite him to display here in San Francisco. So um, it's been up for a few weeks now. Um, He did come to San Francisco and I went uh, to a talk that he gave at the Arts Commission and invited him down to Mutiny Radio. He's like leaving on Wednesday and it was Tuesday. It was like Monday and I was like, well, I do a show on Fridays. He's like, I can do it tomorrow. And I was like, I can make that happen. So um, (laughs) thanks to Pam Benjamin, our station director here, uh, let her know. I was like, hey, you got some time in the schedule on a Tuesday night? And she's like, yeah, totally. So um, that's what's cool about Mutiny Radio. It's a flexible format. But um, So anyhow, I interviewed Zach Ove a couple weeks ago on a random Tuesday evening, and he was such a great, um, gracious host, uh, uh, guest, and uh, we had a really good time. So... I'm going to play that interview right now. And that's probably going to take us to the end of our podcast. So um, stay tuned and, and uh, meet the artist, Zach Ove. And hopefully he'll be back in San Francisco. So any, anything you want to say,
2: Dave, before we go? I want to say uh, for the EK,
1: yeah, to Dave. Val.
2: It's so glad to still be around. It's so glad to help, help make all of this emerge. I think we're doing uh, something quite unusual. If, we, if not us, who? if not here where and if not now when when so i love you folks till we continue to see in a couple we'll hear you you'll hear me in a couple of weeks and you'll see me if you come in here because the door will be open thank you all
1: right here, he here we go let's see what happens here it was a couple of weeks ago so there might be some music that starts out uh, but the music you were listening to on the show today included uh, joy rosenberg and also BC cletus por la paz so um yeah
7: yeah you wow perfect delightful
1: delightful word and I think I think this music may have just kind of been playing when I showed up oh no here is uh trouble the troublemakers union that's the music I played for that interview so here you go folks enjoy peace y'all we love you listening to mutinyradio.fm here in San Francisco's Mission District. I'm Global Val. Thanks for tuning in. I'm usually not here on a Tuesday evening, but it's a, it's a special kind of day here in San Francisco. Um, I'm really, really happy to, uh, bring in, a uh, guest here today, Zach Ove, who is, whose work is on display in the Civic Center Plaza from June until early November. Um, and you should definitely go out and check it out. the The San Francisco Arts Commission, uh, with funding from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, uh, in partnership with the Recreation and Park Department of San Francisco, um, have have brought this uh, installation into Civic Center Plaza, and um, really, really happy. Um, to have uh, Zach Ove in the studio of Mutiny Radio today. Welcome.
15: Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Thank you very much Val.
1: absolutely. Well, welcome to San Francisco, and um, and uh, thank you for bringing this this really amazing installation. It's called Invisible Men and the Mask of Blackness. Um, I, I noticed it, I, I saw it streaming around in social media, uh-huh. you know, a few weeks ago, and I was really moved by it, and if you haven't seen it, because it's the radio and can't show you pictures quite yet, um, it is, uh, it, there, there are 40 statues of um, these black m- figures, um, these men, uh, their hands are up, but tell us tell us about this, because it um, it How did did you uh, find inspiration for this particular um, work of art?
15: Okay, so I was in London and we have a a diasporic art fair there called the 154 Art Fair. And that comes to a venue called Somerset House, which is on the River Thames right next to Waterloo Bridge. And years ago, that was the palace or the palatial home of King James and Queen Anne. Now, interestingly, I was invited to make a work of art specifically for that site. And specifically, thinking about the diaspora of Africa and what art might have been prevalent to the spot, I tried to do some research on what had happened in the past there. And I came to the realization that the last work that had, last artwork that was made for that spot had been made in some. 1605 by Queen Anne who was married to King James Um, it's an interesting point in time because at that moment this is three years after Macbeth had been written and as you're probably aware King James was quite a tour de force he rewrote the Christian Bible and later really pushed quite hard at the slave trade Um, his wife Queen Anne wanted to make a masked ball that was a homage to Africa where her and nine english princesses uh coated themselves in 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 black paint and scantily clad very exoticized dressed themselves as princesses of the niger delta now the interesting thing is it was a big deal they spent half the build cost of the palace on the masked ball the ball was called the mask of blackness it was written by ben johnson and art directed by inigo jones and within it the nine African deities from the Delta have to come to Britain to bathe in the sea of whiteness in order to proclaim their beauty. Now, I was Hmm. quite touched by this story, but 400 years later, kind of a bit repelled at the same time, and thought, wow, isn't it interesting that in a country like Britain, as multicultural as it has been, that we have prominent artists showing work in this space, and never today had there been anything to really speak about the relationship to Africa or the Caribbean. So thinking about the mask of blackness and thinking about how to make a work of art for that space, it struck me that really and truly in this period, we've been rendered invisible, quite literally. I was interested in making a work that also referenced Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man that spoke about what it is to be black and born outside of the continent of Africa what is our trajectory from where and when have we arrived and where are we going you know it was really about what is our future what is this invisibility that masks black males globally and in a country like the united states how far is any african-american male in, in 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 this modern era Uh, away from falling off the grid, quite literally, to that moment of invisibility where you, like many on every single block in the United States, are deemed invisible. Quite literally, with no way back, in a moment of despair, that, that continues from there beyond. I don't know how one breaks this cycle, but I wanted to make a work of art that really brought attention to this dilemma, globally. And, and really allows us to ingratiate a moment to walk amongst 40 nude African males, all cast in graphite, and develop a relationship. It felt to me that as a rebuke to Queen Anne, to the situation with the Master Blackness, 40 nude African men in noble gesture, standing there in pride with hands up, felt like a really nice entrance point to this era and this discussion.
1: Yeah, that that is a really in, really kind of moving um, historical context for the Somerset um, yeah. lo- location, um, and and I kind of see where you're going. Being at, at one point at one part fascinated by the whole. Um, ball that was put on in the huge production, but then yeah. also repelled by knowing the historical context, context yeah. of the of the era and slavery and colonialism. Um, it
15: was the first use of blacking up, and from this point on, we kind of know historically that King James was very responsible for creating a separation between, if you like, the culture of African people and Europeans to create a situation where Africa could be deemed profitable through the slave trade. So this was a moment of embrace before departure of mm. sorts, right? It was also distorted in its profiling. And I was interested in trying to redress an imbalance. I think the same thing in context to the United States right now is very interesting in how this particular work of art now has a new backstory, And the backstory projected onto these works is the African-American experience to date. Um, What's fascinating to me is how now the gesticulation of the pieces refers, uh, if you like, makes reference in a way to Black Lives Matter, but more importantly, to the drastic situation that's occurring in the United States with how young black males are being treated by the police and by other institutions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of my initial, I guess my American perspective, uh, is when I saw all of these black male figures with their hands up on you know, to their sides, it immediately made me think of hands up, don't shoot. And all of the, the, um, the ire that has come, um, out of, you know, Ferguson and, um, and and cities across the country, um, even here in San Francisco, where we have this massive problem of, um, like you said, there's an imbalance, um, but there's definitely the imbalance of justice in, in this country. And we see impunity when, uh, police officers will shoot, um, an African American, male or female, um, and, and, and not suffering consequences yeah. from it and, and to have, uh, you know, the, the conversation in this country being so heated at this point, yes. um, I think it's a really, uh, it's a very striking piece of, of, of public art to have here in San Francisco, especially as we've just recently sworn in our, our first African-American female mayor of San Francisco.
15: Well, I have to say I was quite uh, happily amazed to see this take place um, when we began this discussion for the works to be installed here. Your last mayor was still in office. Uh, it's very sad. That uh, the, the the drastic way he he left us, but I do think it it is a, quite a, an unusual situation for us to have installed this this incredible work in front of City Hall days before uh, Miss London Breed's inauguration. Um, it, for me, this was a massive honour to have the timing so perfect that these. Uh, befitting works of art would be there, uh, in stature outside the gates, a- a- awaiting her arrival. Kind of, So I was really thrilled that this was able to happen. You know, for me this was really special.
1: It is. It is. I mean, obviously, with art, you can. It evokes different things from different people, and you can interpret it in different ways. And, and yeah. the way that you put it, of kind of like they were there to kind of welcome her, almost like a an honor guard of sorts, or um, just you know just these figures that yeah. were that were already there um, in, in City Hall, or Civic yeah. Center rather.
15: I kind of hope that regardless of the backstory, that the works themselves are very engaging. They stand at seven foot high. Um, what I'm excited by is they're tactile. They're inviting. You know, they're welcoming in that sense. And it's been really a big privilege for me to watch people of every single color, creed, race, age group interact with them. I think it creates a really proud moment for me to ingratiate this kind of uh, uh, radical interaction on the forecourt of City Hall. I'm thrilled to see people enjoying the company of this work um, and interacting with it in a sense. It's become a huge selfie booth for anyone (laughs) wondering in the forecourt. Um, So no, it's really exciting. I'm really thrilled.
1: It's true. I I caught part of the uh, dedication last Thursday because they have the Civic Center Commons um, and they had a a special dedication last week.
15: Yeah, that's Um,
1: right. And I was there with some some, uh, friends and they had uh, a a three-year-old, little three-year-old girl who was running around amongst them and stopping and Looking up and smiling and touching it and grabbing it, and like, you know, really, really having that interactive play yeah. with, with, you know, just one of these figures, and there's 40 of them.
15: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that that's able to happen in that way. I think it allows uh, people from all sorts of backgrounds to, to, to feel a situation that they may be feeling is at a distance from them. Um, any work of art that brings us together that creates a community from a divided uh, series of situations is something of empowerment for me. Um, I hope that this work gets to travel across the United States post this moment and really speak about the situation nationally, if you like. Um, I'm hoping also that this work is invited to other situations where maybe other works like this haven't been before. Um, One of the things I've realised since I've been here is there's very few public artworks that reflect multiculturalism in San Francisco. And uh, there seems to be a little bit of gender inequality in public art. Also, I think somebody mentioned there were only two statues of women in the city. So I think... From my perspective, I'm very proud to to be working in a capacity uh, as an enabler, right, Um, to look at situations like this and start to think of how to fill in those blanks. What can we make that brings enlightenment and, uh, if you like, a refreshing uh, view back into our history that we can reignite and reinterpret kind of lost world culture and and really rally around a human experience.
1: Well, I really appreciate that. and I thank you for all of that because I feel thank you Val. I feel like the um, the the current cultural context of the United States uh, that you know there's a there's part of it that moves further and further away from the rest of the world.
15: Yeah, I agree.
1: You know, uh, w- of course- But I think
15: that disparity is happening globally. It's not just something that's here in the United States. We feel that in the same way in the United Kingdom with Brexit mm-hmm. and our current prime minister who's taken office, that this isn't what we wanted. This isn't what we elected in that sense. And uh, But yet, like yourselves, we're here grinning and bearing an experience that hopefully uh, can, together we can move beyond. So I think through art and through discourse and through conversation, how do we come together to change our current situations and really, you know, take the situation back into the hands of the people?
1: I couldn't agree with you more, Zach. Um, You know, I I feel I've had... I feel like I've had this, com- a similar conversation almost every day for the past few days with, with, with various folks about how, and if you, if you talk to the majority of just the people, you yeah. know, whether they be the people of the United States, the people of Russia, the people that you, you know, in, of Cambodia, wherever you may be across the world, people really want the same things they yeah. want. They want, you know, peace in their, in their families. They want access to clean water, Absolutely. good food, <laughs> and some sort of a pleasant life. And I, and, that is the majority, and I I, I appreciate that um, you know this the Invisible Man in the Mask of Blackness that's come to San Francisco, which is um, noted as the first time that an artist of African descent has had a major temporary art installation in Civic Center.
15: Well, I was quite surprised by that, honored at the same time. But obviously, given I was the history well. of all the great art makers of color in the United States, I was quite shocked that none had been recognized prior for this position. Um, so humbly, I tried to do my best work in this moment in full recognition of the situation.
1: Well, I think it's excellent to bring the, the international conversation um, in, 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 into town. Well, into I'm the also city, very so to excited
15: to be able to arrive at this platform and also to be able to share this experience with local people. For me, this is a great opportunity. You know, it's something that I've dreamed about for years. And I'm thankful, so thankful to San Francisco's public office for making this happen.
1: Yeah, I believe it was the director of Public Art Trust, who uh, Jill Manton, who... Yeah, that's
15: right, who, saw who reached the- out to me and found this work in London completely by herself and decided that she wanted to champion this moment um, in light of the fact that you're about to take down the Pioneer Monuments. So she was also looking at a work, an installation work, that felt in its redress something that gave back to your, your black community here a sense of pride and a sense of nobility.
1: Well, I... I- I appreciate it. I hope a lot of other folks are appreciating it as well. Thank you
15: very much. I have to say I'm thrilled with how the installation looks in situ. It fits so perfectly in its setting. I hope it can stay there for a long time to come. And I hope that everybody gets the chance to see it. I really do. Thank you for having me here.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, the invisible man and in the mask of blackness will be on display in civic center plaza until I believe November 2nd. That's right. So we've got a good long time to get out there and there's lots of different events that can bring you out there other than just the draw of this really moving, um, art installation. So Zach Obey, I'm speaking with the, the artist who, who is in, made and installed, um, this really moving piece, um, in civic center. Let's back it up a little bit Uh because, uh, you know, we kind of jumped right into what's going on right now. But your your artistic background, I mean, you're you're from London. Yeah, that's right. um, But you come from uh, a a mix of of backgrounds. Your father was was come was an Irish
15: Caribbean family in that sense. My mother was Irish. My father is from Trinidad. He had come over with the Windrush generation in the early 60s and stepped to prominence in Britain as the first black filmmaker and one of the first black documenters of uh, the British black scene with photography. Um, He had made a number of pioneering films early on in his career that spoke very prominently about what it was to be black and British post the experience of the Caribbean. Within those titles, some of the great works were films like Baldwin's Nigger, which was an investigation, uh, if you like, a conversation with Dick Gregory and James Baldwin in London in 1967 with a Caribbean and African audience, um, exchanging their frustrations across the seas if you like the transatlantic situation between america and europe in that moment what's fascinating now when i look back at a lot of the early work that he did is the conversations that were taking place in those moments and the frustration aren't any way or aren't too dissimilar to where we're at today so Mm. there is so much that hasn't really moved forward even though technologically and otherwise we've The world has changed. I think what I'm interested in is a plot line that looks at how that past now informs this present, Um, how we look back at, in anger often, at situations that we feel haven't been addressed. And I think really now with the current government, the current situations that we're facing, art really needs to speak about socialism and social practice. How we become a better community and build a better society
1: absolutely well that's what we're doing here at mutiny Radio here in Yay. San Francisco uh, we love to be a platform and a free speech you know platform for artists from all all around the world and and locally of course um, to you know be able to kind oh, of expand the conversation yeah, you know, exactly we, we don't uh, you know we, we obviously don't can't really trust any depth in our, um, mainstream media. (laughs) Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's great to, you know, be able to support artists and, um, and, and just, you know, kind of be able to engage in these kind of conversations.
15: Thank you. I mean, I'm not great at public speaking, but I think if anyone can get along to see the work, my real skill is in making work that will speak to you unconsciously. So I hope that you will be moved.
1: Well, I wanted to ask you about some of your other work. Sure. Because um, I, I went to the Arts Commission um, event last night where you were presenting some of your oh, other work. You. Yeah, that's right. Um, but one of the things that, that you've been working with is crochet work. That's right. And you talked about um, a group of Syrian women that you've been working with on, on a specific project. So could you tell talk about that? Because I really think well, that that's yeah, important to talk about. yeah, it was an interesting...
15: About. I never expected to be working with crochet, but a few years back, I was asked to make two works for the British Museum and the works needed to speak about the relationship between Africa and the Caribbean. I had chosen Mythologies from the Trinidad Carnival and picked Mocha Jumbies, who are stilt walkers, uh, to really uh, develop works around because I felt that this was something in the Caribbean that had an Africanism that we were still as excited about today as when the mass first originated in Mali thousands of years ago. Mm. Um, The headpiece for the male of the two, I had used doilies, crocheted doilies to really define something that felt Caribbean away from the Africanism of the other piece. And it was interesting uh, in that first moment of sticking those pieces to this headpiece. I was kind of just drawn by the substance of what crochet was and how it was developed by women often in very straight-laced marital worlds, uh, marital societies, in all sorts of different countries and situations across the Caribbean, South America, Eastern Europe, who used the crocheting of doilies as a kind of artistic practice, away from the constraints of their marriages and their, their, their you know, mothering children, etc. And what I discovered was, is often in repressed households, this moment, was, was uh, uh, if you like, a freedom to, to experiment, to be free, to, to play with bright colours. So I kind of deemed my work with crochet granny psychedelia, <laughs> and I like how it gave women in this moment a sense of freedom that was otherwise under restraint. Um, en masse, working with these objects of colour and circles, it took it somewhere else. Suddenly this work started to scream whereas I guess as one piece on a coffee table in a very prized front room, it spoke of different values. I was interested in the amassing of this experience, almost like a thousand grandmothers who come mm. together to be free, to be bright, to be psychedelic. And I quite liked it. I found that an exciting way to make abstract work that spoke, if you like, unconsciously and viscerally, that seems to, to, to cut you know, that, that just grabs you. And uh, the effect has been amazing. Um, it's been some of the most important work I've done to date in terms of how it's reached people. Um, it's, it's binding to women and uh, to men alike. It speaks about old world values. People have a relationship because they recognize in those works a sense of nostalgia, a sense of their own childhood. And I guess, idyllically, a sense of color and expanse, you know. So, uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's almost like you, you've you've taken all these different um, pieces and put them together, like yeah. like like a quilt. How well, it's how interesting mem- how describing
15: it on radio, isn't it? Without it the is. image, it to is actually bind this.
1: Okay, imagine everybody a, a a large wall kind of covered with um, psychedelic colored um, crocheted doilies that have been massed together into various shapes and they're kind of it, it, it's it's almost um Well, it's psychedelic and it's like you said, but it's almost kind of a futuristic kind of look to it from afar from what the, from the the photos I've seen. But, but it actually, you know, like you're saying, it's, it's really a throwback to old world and to old practices. I mean, I know that, you know, my grandmother did, you know, my great grandmother did all these needle points and things, but that's something that in the modern world, you know, often people leave behind and they they don't inherit those traditions anymore
15: well you know it's interesting that you come to that I think that's a major part of my practice as an artist I began making art after documenting the Trinidad Carnival year in year out and I kind of became jealous of the people making the work, but something else took place in that moment. I realized that the carnival in Trinidad had been a process of emancipation for its people. Um, It had been the road to freedom through a colonial oppression where suddenly in this moment of combined imaginative forces, people realized we don't need to be duped. We no longer need to be under the restraint of mind control that that our colonial masters under the whip have put into place. So suddenly through costume and exaltation, people realised, look, we can be anything, right? (laughs) If you dare to dream, if you dare to to believe in your imagination, it will take you anywhere, quite literally. So what was interesting was the independence movement began in the performance art of the Carnival on the Street. This led through to the independence of Trinidad because people realised they'll never win a war like that with guns. They were overpowered. So it was interesting to me that performance art led to, if you like, quite literally the emancipation of the people of the island. So what I was interested in was how this old world culture and the mythologies that were developed within it, how do we keep them alive? Now, you noticed the statues, but we didn't talk about the use of graphite. And I had used graphite in particular as a future world black in that sense. Mm. It's a very uh, smooth material with great resonance. It shimmers in the sunlight. Uh, Graphite was used as pencils and the first art tools thousands of years ago, but it's now used in in all kinds of computer technology and casings for flights and planes and all sorts of stuff. I wanted to remove the experience of Ebony Wood from African statue-making because I also felt like there was a backstory put onto that 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 spoke about a naivety, which spoke about an Africa that I don't feel is real in its outlining of the continent. where, if you like, in that moment, we look at these tribal works carved in, in, in hardwood and often imagine naive people wearing skirts outside of a small village. This was not the case. Now, when we start to investigate the history of tribal art making and how it spoke, if you like, the unconscious language it was using, this was a very highbrow situation where art was really the pinnacle of the society and moving on. I was fascinated in how to break the antiquifying of that and how we deem it to date. And I thought, well, if I can use new materials and keep the design, if you like, keep the, the scarring, uh, the, the, the facial significance, the tribal markings, things that are reference points to tribal identity and African history, what I was interested in was how I got to a translation where those materials reinforce a practice that we can carry across an arc into a new millennium and into the future so that we can remember ourselves and know ourselves in the way that we were in the present. Hmm. I'm saying this in a funny way, but I hope it makes sense, you know. Um, What was interesting to me is across the board with my work, I now try and introduce new world materials to many of the investigations I'm making. I've started trying to make masks now from automobile parts, Uh, again, looking at how we create a lineage from that past into the future and how that moves and shifts with its diaspora from country to continent, you know, and and through all these global shifts that we incur on our journey. It's very interesting to make a work that speaks about a diaspora post-Africa, because really and truly as we become multicultural globally, I guess the question I'm interested in is as far away as we have come from that moment, how will we return? How will it be remembered? How will we see ourselves? These are critical issues for Black people today in terms of an understanding of self and how to achieve. Yeah,
1: I I was following what you were talking about. Um, uh, very uh, very articulate, not funny, I would say, but um, very articulate and. Um, I see the need for historical context yeah. and I think for cultural context as well. So the, the new world materials referencing the old, old world to bring it into the present conversation but then also becoming the future old world yeah. as well.
15: You see, it's interesting. If you put this back into the context of somewhere like Trinidad, it's resistance art. And what we're resisting are the title changes from the bigger communities that surround us, i.e. the Americas, and what happens when we lose a sense of self and end up in a portrayal that leads us to becoming fifth-generation, back car park attendants queuing up behind other countries in the emulation of Americanisms, in a mm. way, right? Mm. That's not to take away from the wonder of this great continent, but I think what's important is we also remember a sense of uh, other cultural values that have brought us together quite literally right in remembrance and practice so yeah it's interesting I think works like this make for great conversation I hope they inspire people to want to find out more about history overall Um, I think for me the next thing I would really like to champion is gender also that there should be more works that speak about Uh, Feminine issues, we need uh, female pioneers strewn across San Francisco and the United States. Where are they? Where are the references to these great women that have built this society? These are questions that I hope women wake up and ask themselves and start petitioning to get this stuff done. You know, we need these things in place. Um, I think it makes us better when we can recognise in public spaces people that we revere, and hope to, 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 to grow towards, you know, in that sense.
1: Well, Zach Ove, I really, really appreciate your being here at Mutiny Radio, coming to San Francisco to bring this really uh, important installation to Civic Center so that so many people can enjoy, not just locals, but people from around the world who 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 visit this this city um, looking for, uh, you know, various, um, you know, flavors and tastes of 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 culture and history and things. And I, I agree. We we definitely need to look at um, how we can have more. Um, Inclusive art
15: absolutely, yeah, I think it's so important
1: and one other thing I wanted to to say because um, you you were referencing it so something that came up in in kind of a q and a last night uh-huh. um at the arts commission was um and and you ended up talking about how you know, one's perception of self can really be drawn backwards, like you're saying, a fifth, fifth generation car attendant, right? Yeah. Because um, you might not have the the reference to think that you came from anywhere else.
15: Absolutely, right? we've seen this played out historically. Um, this is what happens when you you know uh, colonize a people and you try and be rid their history in order to control them. Yeah. Um, In the Caribbean, drumming was banned in groups of more than seven. Imaginatively, that led us to steel pan. I think what's interesting also is when you're placed with restrictions and you know those restrictions are binding, it's how your imagination forces you to find another way. Art is a great redeemer of this, and um, hopefully the imaginative process of art making will help us find a better way forward
1: yeah and I, I think it's really it's actually really helped me to formulate um, a kind kind of synthesize some of the ideas that that I've been thinking about and some of some of the things that have been in conversation about you know g- generational um, oppression but but like actually like DNA kind of you know w- multi-generational like things that go back way beyond your family could even trace or have stories about and i think that um bringing the 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 way that you have kind of synthesized um the past and the present together helps to illustrate that
15: well i think even in somewhere like san francisco where if you like nostalgically one can look back to the 60s to the advent of cool to all these things that the city has has bred and 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 brought to the world how long does that moment last right when under current systems it might be taken away right how long do we accept or if you like, take for granted quite literally that the liberalism that we're stuck in now will be. I'm concerned that right now we're kind of almost rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic in some shape or form. What I mean by that is we're not really paying attention to the future and how our freedoms might also be capped. So I think it's very important that in this particular moment, we speak out that our politics are clear, that we stand side by side, committed to each other's causes to find a way, right? As you and I both know, we're all being held to ransom globally by governments that we don't feel were justified in, 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 in how they came to office, and uh, it's our job as a people to redress that imbalance.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I I, I agree wholeheartedly on, on that point for sure. Um, and I, I, I like the, um, I, am inspired by the, um, the history that you shared about how resistance can come from the arts and can come, uh, from the creativity, um, because, you know, not that, we, we don't need to take up arms to try to fight the global powers that, that you know, make and manufacture and sell arms around the world. Right. But we can do it from our artistic communities. We can do it from our own human creativity. Um, and like you said, with, with the carnival in Trinidad, yeah. a way to actually move towards emancipation.
15: Absolutely. And I think with current situations... Um where we're living under the kind of turmoil that we're in, there have never, ever been better circumstances to make great work that speak about injustice and equality.
1: Well, Zach Ove, thank you so much for being my guest here on Mutiny Radio. thank
15: you. And thank you to all the mutineers out there. I'm very proud to be here. Pirate Radio is is something that we feel very strongly about in Britain. It's given us uh, uh, great moments for discussions like this, and I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you very much, Val.
1: Absolutely. Well, you're always welcome here at Mutiny Radio, yeah, and um, found a home. You have. You absolutely have. You're welcome anytime to to come be a part of this. And if you're listening around the world, um, you can be too. We're here in the Mission District of San Francisco, Yay! right on the corner of Twenty First and Florida Streets. People's uh, people. That's right. And we're streaming around the planet on Mutiny Radio FM. I'm Global Val Ibera. Thank you so much for tuning in on this uh, afternoon. And um, this this show will be rebroadcast most likely this Friday um, during the Common Thread Collective which airs every Friday from 3 to 6 uh, right here on mutinyradio.fm uh, the podcast will also be available on the website as well and you can find it on iTunes as a free podcast so we're all over the place and um, we're happy to be be uh here for you so thank you for tuning in i'm going to play a little music here from the troublemakers union
15: all right let me just say big up global valve boop, 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 boop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right on zach Ovey, thanks for being here and thank you to the san francisco arts commission for for bringing this uh work invisible man and the mask of yeah, blackness and thank
15: you john Matten, and your wonderful team i'm so pleased to be here and thank you mutineers
1: all right we'll play some music and if we have more to say we will right after this
7: giving you my love and regards as well as movies over there and you know anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash I can't help but listen to Tastics Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 they have a fun time at Tastics Deep in the Mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10 and $10 I mean that's what I use to wipe my tushy with so to wipe it off
13: guys, how's it going? Pretty great, I'm sure. Um, we have a little announcement for you. A PSA of sorts. Yes. Uh, listen to Cowards every 10am to 11 on Mutiny Radio. On Fridays! Yay! For some sweet, scared storytelling. Please do it. We need you. <laughs> so badly. Yes. <sighs> okay. Goodbye. <loving> Goodbye.
9: And <laughs> all the kissing is kissing
6: I know 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 Hell I leave the young thing alone, but ain't no sunshine when she's gone Ain't no sunshine when she's gone.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Mutiny Radio. In just a few minutes, the comedy happy hour open mic is going to be happening. we got DJ George here in the house spinning some tunes for y'all. Remember Common Thread Collective and (laughs) Women's Magazine will be back not next week, but the week after. That's right, August 24th, the fourth Friday. So second and fourth Fridays, don't get confused. There's a fifth one in there somewhere, too. We're not going to be here for that. We're just second and fourth, trying to keep it even in an oddball kind of situation.
9: <laughs>
1: Peace. Have fun. I'll Laugh a lot. It's good right. for you.
5: If being right means being without you, I'd rather live
9: a long time. Your mom and daddy
5: say
9: it's a shame, It should down. Grace. As long as I got you by my side, I don't care what your people say. the friends tell you it's no future in love. Two little children Depending on